what's up? What's up? What's up? Are we on? Hey, what's going on, people? Sorry, little last minute technical issue. So I am Nate, host of the Artist Exchange Radio Show. I'm coming to you loud, live, and in color from the marvelous, marvelous Bash High Blue Studio. We have an interesting show today. Uh, we have a special guest, Mr. Brett Sears. I was about to say Spears. Sears. Uh, he's a singer here out of the Baltimore DMV area. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about him, his career, what he's up to, what he got coming up. Uh, but today's topic is how to turn your passion into a career. So for the last maybe, uh, well, really this year, I've been working specifically with a lot of artists that are um, up and coming, a lot of business owners that um, started a new business due to this pandemic. And they have been uh, kind of struggling. Can y'all hear me? Can you hear me? Mm-hmm. You can still hear me? Yes. Okay. So, um, yeah. So we are, I can't see myself no more. See, this is the crazy that it is today. Uh, my You're still on? on. You're still on. Okay. Okay. So, uh, today, uh, like I said, today's topic is how to turn your passion into a career. Talking to a lot of business owners and community leaders and entrepreneurs and artists, a lot of people are having trouble uh, defining business, defining their role as a business owner, uh, especially when you're the one-man team. Uh, there are a couple of things that you have to understand before you get into a business. And often you learn these things once you get into a business. So it's never too late, but it's best if before you sign the papers, before you spend the money, before you get the storefront, so on and so forth, there are things that you understand. There are gifts, there are talents, uh, and there are skills. Skills are things that you learn. Just, just That's what it is. Uh, some people learn the skill of singing. Some people learn the skills of building a home. Some people learn the skills that it takes to fix a car, so on and so forth. So anybody can learn a skill if you're open to learning. Um, Talents and gifts are a little bit different. Talents are things that you're often born with, and you can learn skills to improve it, uh, to make it better, to maintain it. Gifts are also things that you are naturally born with, but they are often things that you're supposed to give to other people, right? And we have, I've noticed there are a lot of people who have gifts that are starting a business off of simply having a gift. And in my opinion, this is my spiritual self-talking, we are gifted spiritual gifts, right? Uh, and those things are, are supposed, are blessings that are given to you to then give to other people. Some people are blessed with the gift of listening. Some people are blessed with the gift of money management. Some people are blessed with the gift of uh, talking, acting, singing, dancing. These are sometimes gifts. And often... Uh, I didn't mean to say gifts. I, those are those things that I just listed are more so talents. But normally, gifts are things that you do naturally. 
Like if you are good at relationships, that doesn't mean you should write a book on relationships. It doesn't mean that you should um, that you should start a business helping people get connected because those are skill sets. But it's not necessarily something you're passionate about. That to me often separates a gift from a talent. Uh, and in today's world, we have a lot of people, specifically throughout this pandemic, who have started a business off of something they love to do. Now, that's supposed to be the first thing that you, you the reason you start a business, because it's something you love to do. But a talent is something that you should monetize. If you have a talent for cooking, I say you start a business. You should learn the skills that it takes to start a business, but nevertheless, I think you should start a business. If you've been given the gift of cooking, not the talent, but the gift of cooking, I don't suggest you start a business. Because often, as a business owner that is starting a business with a gift, you'll be chasing the money. And that's not good in starting a business. Because you're you're going to lose more money than you're going to make initially in a business in most cases, unless it's something that goes viral and it gets you a lot, but that still will cost you because the IRS will want their big old chunk of money up front. Um, But I am not telling anybody not to start a business. I am saying, understand the difference between a gift and a talent. Often when someone has a gift for something, they can put it down and it does not bother them that they don't pick it back up. And when you start a business, that's not good. In starting a business, you really need to understand what your gifts and talents are so you're not starting a business based off of passion. Because passion can sometimes wane and it's not something that you'll want to necessarily maintain. Um, I know a lot of people who do radio who I think it's a gift for them, but it's not necessarily their passion. It's not necessarily a talent of theirs. So they often uh, they often don't keep it going. And that is not good. It does not help you. It actually hurts you when you put things down and put them back up. And there, there are often reasons. And, and sometimes people with talents often put their passions to the side, their businesses to the side, because life happens. You know, you may have another job, you may have a family, you may be going through an illness like a pandemic or something, and you're forced to do so. But chances are, if it's your talent, you'll find a way to keep it going. For me, being an actor, being a director, being a jewelry designer, being a teacher, I have done that consistently since I was probably like 23. So an artist is definitely, being an artist is definitely my talent. Being a jewelry designer, being a jewelry designer started out as a skill set that I learned, but because I'm an artist, I found a way to continue to create and fuel it. But that it would, in the beginning, it was a gift that was given to me the skill of making jewelry. And I turned it into uh, a talent, uh, but there there are times where I walk away from it. Um, And me starting, 
this sounds contradictory because I turned it into a business, but I turned it into a business before I understood the difference between a talent and a gift. So I've learned how to maintain it. Um, and I learned how to, well, it was a skill set. It was never a gift. Uh, I learned how to maintain it, that skill set that I have. Because I'm an artist, I found another avenue to express myself creatively. Uh, but often I see too many people taking their gifts and trying to make them profitable. And that is something that I think will be a detriment to us all. Um, and I've been doing a lot of workshops with individuals, with groups, um, and there's a vision board. I spoke about this a couple other times. And in those vision board uh, sessions, I've discovered a lot about myself. I discovered a lot about individuals uh, who, who are starting businesses based off of the market. Um, and we've been, we've understood in terms of going to college, how detrimental it is for you to go to college and major in something based off of trends, based off of what is popular. It's really a waste of money and a waste of time. Um, but the same thing is true for businesses. Don't start a business because it's trendy, because trends fall, trends change, trends, trends are often eliminated. So my, from you, but besides coming to meet with me and kind of going through this vision boarding workshop, um, I suggest you make a decision as to what are your talents, what are your gifts, what skills do you have outside of those gifts and talents? Um, and it helps you to understand what you should be doing as a business. If you can't, if you don't see yourself in your office or doing your work in the middle of the night, 2 a.m., chances are it's not really a talent. Um, it is not something you should go to, into business with, even though um, many people are saying now, you know, I'll sleep when I die and all those great catchphrases. It's, a lot of it is us learning how to define what business is and how we should uh, address it. And often it's not a perfect time. It's never really a perfect time. You can never really save enough money. You can never really have enough support when it comes to starting a business. So often many of us just jump right into it. And what I noticed in, in business throughout this pandemic, people just had the available money and it was something they always wanted to do and they, they did it without understanding what it, what it took to maintain it. Um, customer service, um, uh, money management, finances, your personal uh, time management, understanding um, relationships with vendors and uh, value of those vendors and, and um, just skill sets like that. Uh, but today, I'm going to talk a little bit with Brett uh, Sears about his artistry, and we will get into a conversation on just the business of being an artist and how he is turning that passion into a career. Uh, as you know, as an artist, it's very difficult for us to um, transfer or, or transition into being a business person, because often as an artist, all I know is the talents. Right. Uh, and we don't think about necessarily the business of that talent. Um, in school, you're probably given a little bit of preparation in terms of becoming a business, but there are no real classes on um, 
turning yourself as an transitioning yourself from a student novice um, artist into a professional business because you then become the business. You're the talent, so therefore you are the business. Um, and normally by trial and error and more error than, than, than trial, uh, you learn the business of what you're doing. Hopefully you learn the business and you don't continue to make the same mistakes over and over again. But uh, without further ado, uh, we're going to get into this conversation a little bit later in the uh, this segment. But right now, we're going to bring on Mr. Brett Sears. Hey, what's up? Hey, what's going on? Sorry, we're having a little technical. I've never <laughs> used this phone for this. So, surprise. <laughs> this is the business. You got to keep it moving. Uh, how you doing today, sir? I am good. I'm alive. Um, I'm so happy it's the weekend, which is time to get our minds together and our spirits right. So, so glad it's Friday. So I am doing good. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing great. Um, one thing that I, I want to say to you is, one, I've been, I kind of looked at you for a minute on uh, mainly Instagram. I'm still learning right. the cycle of social media. I'm, I'm, I'm a really private person. So social media group for you to be transparent exactly or at least uh know how to lie about who you are <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, i've been watching you steadily uh throughout social media and i'm always interested in just learning who people are and if right. i didn't explain this to you before this platform is really about engagement and just connecting with an audience in a different way as the pandemic right. has shown us we have to become more personal and more transparent and who we are. We don't have to tell all of our business. Like, you don't need to know my credit score or my social security number, but definitely we have to learn how to uh, relate to each other and mm -hmm. communicate. Because one, I don't want my support or my money or my energy given to somebody who don't necessarily believe the things that I believe. And that, just because we have different beliefs doesn't necessarily mean we can't be connected, but it does make a difference when those beliefs are things that would keep us separate. Uh, and telling your story is a way of kind of connecting with people and letting people know who you are. Um, because right now, money gets money is getting tight, and we're realizing how important money is and how important the value of my money is uh, when it comes to when it comes to giving that out to people and supporting people, specifically in this case, artists. Uh, so I really uh, have created this platform to be that kind of transfer of stories, transfer of backstory, so we know where you're coming from and where you're right. going. Um, and then we're we're more uh, able to, or we, we would want to invest in you more once we know mm -hmm. who you are. You know, right. right now, everybody yeah. is, you know, a carbon copy. So I like to yeah. let people see how different we are and mm -hmm. how similar we are all at the same time. So that's the Artist mm -hmm. Exchange. Um, and I'm glad that you uh, took the invitation and you came onto the show. Mm -hmm. And I can't wait to learn a little bit more about you. So you are a Baltimore-bred artist. Yeah. Um, so tell, <laughs> us about, tell us about life in Baltimore for Brett. Sure. Um, so life in Baltimore is, um, I guess I can say, growing up, I was with a single mom. I'm an identical twin brother. Um, okay. Yeah, so I've gone to predominantly black schools all my life. Um, mm -hmm. HBCU, um, UMES. Um, 
so for me, my story is kind of like, I was always this kid who always was just in love with like music and growing up, it was like, you had to lie to people. When people say, what do you want to be when you grow up? You have to say, I want to be a doctor or I want to be a teacher. And it's like, if you said anything art related, it was kind of like, you're not going to make money with that. You're not going to be there. Right. You know. So like my whole life was that. And I remember just being in class and writing songs in the back of the classroom and always telling people I'm going to be a lawyer. <laughs> so like <laughs> always lying to people, you know? So, and then like, you know, as I got older, one opportunity I got in high school was uh, I'm a Disney dreamer. So I was with um, Steve Harvey, a Disney dreamer with Steve Harvey. And at, at that time in my life, like being a teenager, I wish I could like sometimes go back and instill the confidence that I have now in myself. But back then as a teenager, it was, I was so shy. I mean, I'm still a very, very shy person. It's like, like you said, social media now forces you to be this outgoing. It's like, I'm a, I'm a people person, but then I'm also very shy. You know what I mean? So like back that then, even when I was- That was some lyrics you not shy, lyrics don't denote shyness. I'm just saying. Yeah, super shy. Like I don't, I don't, I don't even like to talk about myself. Like if somebody gives me a compliment sometimes, it makes me feel like super uncomfortable. Like somebody can say, mm-hmm. I like your shoes. I just like, so like I'm in certain things that you're uncomfortable. So I'm learning to come out of that box. You know what I mean? Okay. But like back then it was like even worse. And then like as like I'm but if but I'm with all these dreamers when I was like in the Steve Harvey Disney Dreamers Academy, all these all these awesome kids was putting themselves out there. Like I make t-shirts, I do this. I mean, and Steve Harvey literally bought some as one of the they're like 17 years old. They sold a t-shirt to Steve Harvey for like six hundred dollars. But like making all these connects. And it was just like I'm just sitting there like I'm a singer, but I'm not going to say anything to nobody. I don't want to sing out loud. Like, now I go places and I want to sing. I go to a karaoke place, like, let me get up there and sing, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's just like learning to have that confidence is so important. But I think even now in society, it's more acceptable to say you want to be this or you want to be that. You don't have to be those same five categories of jobs that was when I was growing up. Um but yeah, so I just always love music. And like, I went to school, um, I'm a nerd. So I went to school for marketing because I'm always like, you know what? I want to have, like you said, a gift or a skill. <laughs> so I went and got the skill of marketing so I can kind of help small businesses during the pandemic. So that's what I do now on the side. But like mm-hmm. you said, my 2 a.m. job is music. I sleep, eat, and breathe music. And one thing that you pointed out about skills and um, talent is so if I put my skill down, I mean, if I put my gift down, I'll be fine. If I put my talent down, it's going to really shake me. Like if I go four days without doing something productive music wise, I feel empty. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm not moving anywhere forward. I just feel miserable. You know what I mean? And I think that's what a talent does. It makes you feel miserable if you put it down. Like people wait years later and they're like, I wish I did this with my life. Like that's a talent. <laughs> you know, having that, reg- that sense of regret. Um, but and yeah, knowing so the differences very important. Knowing knowing exactly. those differences are extremely important. Exactly. And another cool thing, like you like you mentioned too, like people always think talent is singing, dancing, acting, which they are talents. But there's so many more different talents than that. Like I, I it always I always feel bad when people say, "I don't know what my talent is," or "I don't know what I was meant to do." I was like, "Of course you do. You just ain't probably thinking about it." But like you said, some people have the talent of listening. And that's so important because a lot of people, you know, talk instead of listening. And so a lot of times we just need somebody to hear us out when we vent or we're going through something or a situation. So it's like, you know, there's so many different talents that you can have. And I think that's so important to recognize. But yeah, my... It, it, it is, it, it, what is unfortunate, and, mm-hmm. and this is, I say unfortunate 
because I work in the school system. I teach. Mm -hmm. uh, and one of the things that I realized in the time that I taught was uh, children really don't dream the same way we dream. You know, and our parents have become parents today, not our parents, but parents <laughs> today have become so uh, real. So you you break in every part of a child's creative process. There's no Santa Claus. There's no, you know, and you learn those things as you grow up. But right. children today, adults today, there's no imagination. And often, like you said, when you ask someone that question, they don't know because we've been taught that those things aren't things that pay you, mm -hmm. you know, until you, unless you magically become a Beyonce or Michael Jackson or Michael Jordan or, you know, Whitney Houston, like, un unless you wake up and you have it, it's not something you should do. Right. And, and many people need to break themselves of that habit of denying mm -hmm. themselves their talents. Gifts, right. as we said, are things that I'm a great listener. Uh, I don't feel like listening today. It's not going to kill me that I didn't listen. You know, it may, it may be a hardship for the person who I was supposed to give that talent to, but I mean, that gift to, mm -hmm. but it's not going to kill me. Uh, right. What are some of those? Well, first of all, what schools did you go to? Um, so I went to a number of schools. Um, I would say my family was my mom was a traveler so <laughs> so we uh i went to um for high school I went to renaissance academy and okay. it was like we were the first graduating class and i literally graduated like 35 other kids so it was super oh, weird wow. graduated valedictorian because i was a nerd but I, like i said out of 35 kids so it's like, <laughs> a little something sorry but um yeah i went to, i went to renaissance and then um, I went to this school, elementary school called Dix Johnson. Oh, that's a middle school. Dix Johnson. Um, wow, it, it's amazing when you look back and like, wow, was it really that bad? <laughs> mm -hmm. So, like, so yeah, so like just a number of different schools all around the city. But like, I was in like the Bay team and stuff. So I, I visited like every middle school you could think of, every high school. I always try to get involved when they had like little stuff like give, like you know, give backs, um, anything to get involved the city wise. Because um, I think our city has a, a lot, a lot mm -hmm. to offer, and there's always opportunities to get involved in different things, which is pretty cool. So, you know. Why didn't you ever move then? Uh, that's a great question. Um, so, like college-wise, I planned on getting out and 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 moving far away. Like I applied for some schools and stuff. Um, mm -hmm. At the time in high school, I don't want to put my counselor down, but she never mattered any of my packages. So I was like really upset. And she was like, listen, I went to the school called UMES. Don't worry, we'll, we'll get you in there. If you ever want to transfer afterwards, I'll help you get to that point. So I was kind of really heartbroken by that. But then I went there and I was like, that was where I was meant to be, you know? And a lot of times we, we freak out because we're like, no, my life is already planned. Like, I want to do this, this and that. But it's sometimes those little, you know, drawbacks that you really are really, that's your journey. We all have our journeys, you know? And it's never an A to C journey. You know, it's always, but it's always curves and turns, and that's okay because that's your journey. Right. You know, and that's and school counselors are something that is kind of being phased out of a lot of schools. Really, and, you know, the guide, what well, the guidance counselor aspect of them. Um, okay, 
because just the dynamic of how schools are run are changing. But that's a person who should not have been in that position. And that's what I was speaking about at the beginning of the show, is putting yourself in situations, whether it be a job or a career or a talent or a gift, you're putting yourself mm-hmm. in a space where you don't belong. So right. you may do the job adequately, but are you supposed mm-hmm. to be there? Because right. to tell a child who then graduates as a valedictorian, hey, mm-hmm. I don't think you should, or... Uh, yeah. That doesn't sound right to me. That sounds like somebody that was being lazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> not, not in that position, who settled for a position yeah. that paid, paid them. Uh, so... That, that's a big, when, especially when you becoming an artist, mm-hmm. uh, it is, and as a child, you it's really hard to steer clear of those types of people because you don't yeah. know that they're being that person. You don't learn what a bitter teacher is or a bitter parent or a bitter adult is until you mm-hmm. become older and you've seen enough of it to understand, oh, that's some, that teacher is a teacher because they couldn't make it in their field. So they <laughs> oh. decided to be a teacher instead of pushing to get to their goal. Um, In in terms of you learning your craft, learning those skill sets, being a singer, when did you begin to practice or be a part of the music scene here Mm -hmm. in Baltimore? Um, So I started like singing and stuff. And like I said, it was a a time where it was that confidence and comfort zone, you know? It was Mm -hmm. like, I was really really nervous. You know, I, I knew I loved it. I knew I wrote songs all the time, but it was like, I was just really nervous. And it wasn't until I got into a, it was like an R&B band. Mm-hmm. And it was like, they forced us to be like, I, I mean, I am so grateful for that because it literally pushed me out there. Like they would literally just have us go in the middle of the harbor <laughs> and just start singing. You know what I mean? And that built like my confidence, that built my ability to believe in my, in my voice. Um, it, it, it gave me so much. And I think, you know, that was something like like you said it's, we're always building on our skill sets you know you could be a great singer but that comes with so many other different things you know and confidence is one of those things that you just really you really have to work at and build you know like what i see i see myself and in, in, in like my nieces and stuff like when they be nervous when they have talent shows at school and they're just like no i'm scared to go up there i'm like damn that's what's me but listen like don't be scared because the only way you're going to come out of that comfort zone is by coming out of that comfort zone you get what i'm saying like it's just repetitive keep doing it keep doing it keep doing it eventually it's a breeze you know and what you just did just now is an example of a gift yeah it's not necessarily something you want to get paid for you mm-hmm. may stumble onto an opportunity to do that and they pay right. you but it's not something that you should look for money for right You're helping your nieces out and that, i think yeah one of the things that i see is missing today are mentors and mentors are now people who are teachers and they decided mm-hmm. to do these things so they could get paid to do and give the information that they've been given based right. on their experiences. Uh, right. And I think it, we're, we're seeing a lot of young artists, a lot of people in my generation, starting with mm-hmm. my generation, where mentors right. started to back away. And it became a competition between us yeah. versus you showing me the way and then me being able to come back at some point and help you, you right. know, or support you. But uh, who were your mentors? I know you said you were a part of that group, but mm-hmm. who were your mentors? Did you have any mentors? Um, that's a good question. 
I think my mentors were basically just like your support system and your friends telling you, uh, 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 you know, reminding you of your progress, reminding you, noticing you, saying, I see what you're doing. I see, okay, you're doing this, you're doing that. I think it's just those little reminders that became like my mentor. Because for me, it's always been like, I had to be my own mentor, especially as an artist. You gotta be your own mentor because you're not gonna find that one person. Especially today, like with labels, you know, back in the day, the nineties, the two thousands, it was, hey, I wanna be an artist. Mm-hmm. Cool. The label says, Let me take you, let me help you out. Let's get this, let's get that this be your image, and they roll with it. No more. So are you, you like in your mid thirties? I just turned thirty. See, yeah, see, yeah. and that is it's a span of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And that's, that's the unfortunate part. At some point, right. and you're behind me, so mm-hmm. at some point, mentors stop reaching out. Right. You know, it, it came to a time where I think around you, you, where you had to seek out individuals, but even based off what you just said, there yeah. are people who want to do that. Right. Just stop reaching out to people because right. children changed. Mm-hmm. Now you can't tell young people anything. And it's because people stop reaching out. I remember right. being young and we had a lot of those after school programs where they right. gave you, introduce you to artists. They introduce you to local artists and or cultural events or especially when you're trying to be an artist, they put mm-hmm. these people in front of you where you got to meet people. But at some point, that mm-hmm. stops. And right. that's, that's an unfortunate part because where would you have been had there been more people you know, exactly. I know people older than me, they are still best friends with their music teacher from high school who mm-hmm. kind of mentored them all throughout life. And I'm cool. like, oh, my mentor, when she got off, she got off. There's no, <laughs> yeah. we talk afterwards or something, but well, she didn't see that you had a certain skill set. It uh-huh. wasn't something that she, I'm just speaking about the one that I had. Yeah. Um, it was, you know, uh-uh. <laughs> but, you know, uh, growing up in the city, how has it been, you know, meeting other artists? Have, did you tap into that early or was that something you recently started doing? Um, I, I always tapped into it. It's just in our city, it's like everybody comes up to you like, oh, you know, I sing now. Oh, you know, I rap now. It's like everybody, mm-hmm. everybody claims to, to do it, you know, and that's mm-hmm. cool. It's OK. But, you know, but a lot of artists that I come in contact with, um, I mean, you you start you. There are really genuine people out here, hard like working to be artists. But the, I think the craziest thing is like knowing the story behind the artists and the story behind music. There was one. Um, I'm not gonna say his name, but a Baltimore club artist who has like a lot of songs um, and is famous here. And I worked with him, and it was just one of the most worst experiences like I ever had. Like he was selling weed outside the studio while we was recording. And then like, he literally tried to steal all the rights to the songs. Like he was like, don't come to the studio with lyrics. Don't come to the studio with a beat that you already had. Don't even have a melody. And it's because he wanted to profit off. He wanted to basically get the light. He wanted to license everything, make me pay for everything. You know what I mean? And it was like hard because that's somebody that like growing up, I was thought was really cool. And I was like, you know, I listen to the music, but then it's heartbreaking when you actually start seeing the story behind, I guess, a lot of the music stuff. You know what I mean? So like people, you, like you so said, were you, were you writing for him or were you creating for him? Like what, 
What yeah, so I was, it was like a collaborative thing. So I was writing for him, and then he was also helping me create music as well. Because he was always good with like production, like beats, things like that. And that's something so that I didn't have to be- own, He wanted to own your work as well as all of his work. Yeah. And that way, if I wanted, if I wanted my work, it would be I'd have to pay him X number of dollars. And it would be not just for the song, for the lyrics, to use the beat, to use it in a video. So it was like he was trying to make money off of every aspect that he could. But it was stuff that you created though, not yes. He- but it, in the music world, it's like as long they, all they have to do is be in the room. Like he's in the room with me, he gets a, a a credit. And a lot of times, like if you pay attention to like songs and you look up the people that wrote the song, if a person is in the room, they can say that I have a credit on the song and get paid and monetize off of it. And so, so that's why you always I'm see. Now you're you have learned how to do a split sheet. I hope. Oh now yeah. Oh no, absolutely. I mean, it's okay. like being in a business is like. You learn so much stuff. Like, for instance, if you do a show, make sure you get a contract because you can literally be cut. You can literally be cut from a show like this. And mm-hmm. they say, you know, we're not going to pay you or, you know, something goes happens on their end. and You are already scheduled for that show. I mean, it's so much stuff that can happen. And I think it's been like a learning experience doing it myself is like, OK, make sure that. You know, you have contracts in place when you work with people or you work with venues or shows. Make sure you have contracts in place. That's super important. Don't just send an email or, you know what I mean? Things like that. And it's it's like, it sucks because like as an artist, you just want to focus on your music, you know? But it's mm-hmm. like when you, when you have to do it yourself, and what you have to now, like I said, labels and stuff, it's no longer we're helping you and developing you. It's you got to come to us already with a full package, you know? Mm-hmm. Now you have to know how to market yourself on social media. You got to know how to license your own material. You know, it's it's just like you have to. You are in control of your entire business, and it's a it's it really is a lot to it. And sometimes like it's exhausting, it's overwhelming. But at the end of the day, you're like, this is what I love. So, like you said, you have to have to take on the gifts <laughs> of being an artist. But I don't want to. But I know my talent is what I love, so I have to take on these other responsibilities to be successful. So. Well, it's it's not it's not even the gifts. The gifts mm-hmm. are the gifts. If, if look at it this way, the gifts mm-hmm. are the things that you've learned over the course True. of time. I guess I'm going to say skills. Right. So the yeah. gifts are the things that you've learned over the course of time, and mm-hmm. you can go on your live, and people are now monetizing that and giving out information. The right. skills that it takes to become a business as an artist mm-hmm. are the things that are frustrating. I don't want to sell the things that I make. But because I'm a team of one right now, yeah. I have to market, brand it, sell yeah. it, book it, like all of those things. And and that is frustrating. But yeah. it's best if you learn those things so you know who you are paying down the line to do those things. Exactly. It's frustrating. And that's a and that's one of the main things that I'm trying to teach people to do now. Because for some reason, business owners, they want to do everything in-house. Well, guess what? The quality of what you're doing will then suffer. That's like a music artist mixing, mastering, engineering, writing, producing all of their work. That's going to sound like garbage. Because it's all going to sound good to your ear. Those are all skill sets that someone has. All talent. Mm-hmm. If you don't know how to 
do those things 100. It's rarely that you can find somebody that can mix, engineer, produce, and like, even someone like Kanye gives that to somebody else to mix and master, and right. he writes and produce and does all the conceptual things. But knowing the business is very important because right. you, it it. Some of my friends who did the work early on and did did really did the work, they are much better off now, even if they're not where they want to be, than right. say me who had to learn everything the hard way, or the person mm -hmm. who just thought natural talent alone would mm -hmm. minus any skills would get them far. Right. So knowing the difference between that, I think for artists out there, it's going to save you a lot of heartache because you've right. learned skills, but a lot of those skills that you've had to learn, you've had to learn them the hard way. Exactly. So yeah. now you got some good gifts to be able to give out to yeah. people so they don't... Right. That's, I've, I've heard a lot of that. Um, mm -hmm. And Baltimore is always known for this crab in a mm -hmm. barrel mentality, but, mm -hmm. you know, like a friend told me, we weren't supposed to be in a barrel. So yeah. the fact that we are forced to be in that those are the things that happen. And many people right. say, well, that's business. It's not <laughs> business to treat right. people like treat people like that. It's right. not. It's not. You know, I don't care how far you get, you'll always mm -hmm. fall the furthest treating people like that. Exactly. Because you have exactly. nobody to catch you. Don't nobody want to catch you because you've been cheating people Chase. less than right. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Facts, so yeah. in terms of your style of music, mm -hmm. uh, Tell me more about your style. Would you label yourself so, an R&B artist or do you want to be outside of that box? So I really consider it like urban pop. So R&B is so natural for me because I grew up with listening to a lot of R&B, but it's pop is what I love. And the thing I love about pop is the construction, the, the challenge of creating pop. Like pop is to me is so fun because it's like, how can I make this song catchy as hell? You know? And it's like, you know, you get to the hook and then you're like trying to work and say, all right, what can I say? How can I say it? It's about, it's not, it's okay. It's not, it's not a flat line, right? So you can say A, B, C, D, E, but it's like, how can I arrange that so that it's catchy and it sounds good, you know? And that's why I love pop so much. But I consider myself like urban pop because it's like pop for a while was like dying. Like it, to me, it wasn't like the genre. Like, you know what I mean? Like hip hop took over. It was like hip hop and country became like the top selling um, music genres, right? And so a lot of the hit songs on the radio shifted and a lot of people were dabbling into country or a lot of people were dabbling into hip hop, you know? Um, but it's just always one of those things that I just always love. And I, to me, like I said, it's about creating catchy tunes and it really, it can relate to anybody. Anybody can like listen to it, you know? And to me, I just, I'm inspired by making people dance you know what I mean? Like I love, I love to create stuff that people are like. Oh, like this is what I do. Like, you know what I mean? It's a challenge, but like, I don't well, know. Well, music in and of itself is a challenge because yeah, it was a genre that was manufactured. Unlike sure. all the other styles of music, evolved exactly from other parts. Pop took from a lot of mm -hmm. different yep. uh, genres to be able to do exactly what you said, dude. Yep. To directly commercial. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that's that's the hard part about once you become mm -hmm. a pop artist, you then get labeled as that, as that, yeah. and it's hard to kind of break that. Come out of that, yeah. Once you get a little bit older, you want to start growing in a different yeah. way. 
you right. are continuously that pop artist. That pop artist. That's true. Music um, that, uh, Brett, make sure you stand in the middle of the oh. screen. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> like it, it is, it's a genre that, uh, I like it, I guess, because it's a catchy, but it's, yeah. it's hard to be in because you are trending. Yeah. That's the trendy category. You have right. to always be ahead of the curve. Yep. and creating and innovating your music. So mm-hmm. um, that's, it's difficult. Yeah. Uh, so where, what else would you like to do? Would you like to do any collaborations or? Um, yeah, I think right now, so right now, like I've been consistently creating, I'm working on a project right now. I've been consistently creating content, but right now it's like, I want to step it up visually, you know? And I think that's what really, I think that's what really is going to basically define the art is the visual aspect of it you know what i mean like it's one thing to create music but if you can create content to go with the music that tells the story it tells more about yourself and your brand and that's the business side of the music industry you know creating your brand and right now i'm working really hard to kind of create that and right now we're trying to work on like six music videos that are like creative you know not a music video that's in somebody's basement dancing like creative like you know you covered in you you covered in caution tape or something you know what i mean like finding a way to push the envelope and and be different you know and that's one thing that i'm I'm trying to really work on right now collaborations i'm always up for collaborations for people to collaborate with Mm -hmm. um i have one song right now i've been working on um it's a really sexual kind of song but it's like a dance song but i'm looking for like a female rapper um that's like how you say it? <laughs> um, I don't know the words to say. <laughs> I just think of like a Nicki Minaj type of rapper. You know what I mean? Okay. Like that's what I'm looking for right now for that song. So a lot of times you put projects on hold, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I'm always, I'm always looking for new opportunities to like collaborate with people. Like I said, there's so much talent in Baltimore, so much talent, but a lot of times it gets, you know, you don't know about it. It gets overlooked, you know? Um, because you? I, how has this pandemic helped you to network more or has it been a hindrance? Man, it's been, I'm going to be honest, it's been amazing. Like, it has given me time to literally sit down, you know, sit down, open my laptop and really craft my music journey. Like, I'm not just like, I want to do this, I want to do that. I mean, I literally have a whiteboard where I document, like, everything from, like, the album to promotion to merchandise and like I just start merchandise to event planning like I literally am now sitting down be like okay now the show aspect yes has been hindered you know but things are starting to open back up and there's still a lot of opportunities to do stuff so I mean to me it's just been it's been a great way to do my research and sit down and be like okay what is it that I'm trying to do you know mm-hmm. um so I think it's been a ble- to me it's been a blessing you know that's uh, interesting uh, a lot of artists they've fallen into one or two categories. They either don't know what to do, so they didn't right. do anything. And a lot of a lot of people who I've been talking to a lot more now have discovered what it takes to really be an artist yeah. because things happen. You know, right. what if you can't travel? You know, if there's something that prevents you from traveling, you know, you got to be creative. Uh, exactly. A lot of people were really, people really just started towards the end of last year even embracing the virtual aspect of doing shows 
Yeah, you know, people were like, well, "I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just wait because <laughs> I need the gratification, instant gratification of an audience." But that's not always gonna happen. What happens if you're on TV? Or what happens if it's yeah. a cool set and it's just you? Like you have to learn how to be adaptive yeah. uh, and, and be supportive. I know for me, being a theater artist, that has helped me because. Sometimes it's five people in the audience. Sometimes it's five thousand. Man, listen. <laughs> to learn how to give those five people the same show that you would have given to that five thousand. Right. Exactly. Have you tried any virtual platforms. Or? I, so right now I'm exploring it. Um, but like during the pandemic, I I was able to book shows here and there. But like you said, you never know what you're gonna walk into. I mean, literally, I went to this. It was a Caribbean fest. And I showed up and it was three people there, you know? And while anybody else would have been like, oh, hell no, I'm getting up out of here. But like, <laughs> for me, I'm like, any opportunity is an opportunity. Because honestly, whenever I perform somewhere, it is at least one person that either reaches out to me, has a conversation with me, maybe adds me on Instagram. That's somebody I would have never met, you know? And so I treat every opportunity. And people used to say something to me all the time because they're like, why are you doing free shows? Why are you doing free shows? You know? And it's like, let me unplug this. I'm sorry. It's making a lot of noise. Um, they always say, like, why are you doing free shows? Why are you doing free shows? I'm like, listen, to me as an artist, like I said, it's it's not always about money. It's not always about, you know, oh, this is a whole bunch of people. Let me entertain them. Like, no, sometimes it's about building networks, building relationships with people. It could take one person that's there in that audience to change your entire life or to connect you to another opportunity, you know? So I treat every opportunity as an opportunity to advance my career, advance myself, and to build a network. And that's how... That's building building character as a performer and an entertainer because that person says that. But Mm -hmm. if that's another entertainer saying that, I'm nervous for for that Mm -hmm. person's audience because that means you're not going to give these people a quality show because you're not necessarily going to pay for it. Uh, But look, often sales and branding and marketing, Mm -hmm. the direct sell isn't always there. You have to find the Mm -hmm. the, kind of the tentacles of that sale. Like, how can I make business in this situation? You know, as an actor, I've done a lot of free shows, but I'll set up a merch table or put my exactly. merchandise outside, and that's how you kind of balance that out. So it's about setting that up, making sure they have a mm-hmm. table for you, so you can sell right. your, so you can make something from that opportunity. And as you just said, it's mm-hmm. people that you're going to meet there that you were supposed to meet there to take yeah. you somewhere else. But exactly. because you decided, oh, it's only five people there for <laughs> yeah. that opportunity. But exactly, and that's how that's I always the way we have learned how to do business. Mm-hmm. Uh, move over just a little bit to your yep. to, uh, but that's that's just how, and, and that's what I'm. I've become passionate about helping mm-hmm. artists to break those bad habits that we've been right. forced to learn, and many of us have chosen to adapt to our everyday life because it's really hurting us as business people. Because mm-hmm. some people are chasing a dollar. You're chasing a yep. dollar and you just go keep going around in that circle. And it's not going to be beneficial to you. It's not going to be, um, it's not helpful. And, and then your audience sees that. So I've been mm-hmm. to shows where a person has given their all that they performed as if it's 5,000 people there. Yeah. <laughs> I 
noticed that person. That's the person that I go right to my phone and I look their social media up and I screenshot yeah. it. And then there are other people who you tell, you can tell that game with piss poor performance because, mm-hmm. oh, it's not enough people here for me to feel great. And they give me that card and it goes trash. I don't know where that card went, but I didn't. <laughs> <know. That's a laughs> but uh, in terms of, you know, building on, what's what's mm-hmm. next? What can we, I know you are um, uh, advertising and marketing your X-rated uh, mm-hmm. music that's coming out. But yeah. what, well, it's not that his music is X-rated, but that's the name. That's the name of the project, yeah. Project, <laughs> I just wanted to clarify. <laughs> marketing that, but like yeah. you said, you have visuals coming. What can we expect yeah. those visuals? Yeah, yeah. So right now I'm working on a project called Dark Dreams, and I'm trying to get that out by October. Um, so my X-rated project came out last October. Okay. So I'm trying to release something this this October. But like stuff, I've learned so much. Like I've learned so much, like production wise, myself. So like this is a great. I'm, I'm just excited to kind of like share the concept I have. But I'm really trying to crack down on visuals. Visuals, like you know, I put. I think you know, like I said, growing. I put so much energy into other things that should have been not my focus. Now I'm learning. I'm like visuals is where it's at. Visuals, visuals, visuals. You know, social media. It, it all comes together, but you just got to make sure your brand is there. So I'm in that kind of learning stage. Um, I'm supposed to move to L.A. in January. So that's going to be another giant step. So I want to make sure before I make that move, I have content that I'm extremely confident in. I have a project, a new project that I'm extremely confident in. So that way, when I get to L.A., it's me just networking, networking, building relationships, doing shows, Um and, and et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, right now it's just, I'm truly taking the time to understand what it means to be a music brand. You know, that's why right now I'm, I'm establishing the merchandise. Um, like I researched the merchandise. I made sure that it's quality products because it's a lot of artists that also like, you know, maybe like a, a regular, like, um, I'm not even going to say a good quality, like a low quality, you know what I mean? And I'm realizing all of that is a reflection of your brand. So like, you want to make sure like your entire brand is, together you know what i mean so i'm just i'm in that learning stage of learning who i am as a music brand and not just who i am as an artist you know and i think that's what's going to help me take my career to where i envision it to be understanding that and taking the time to learn that and not just here's music let me push music out you know what i mean like why so two questions why la okay how will you stay connected to this Baltimore music scene? Yeah. Um, so I'm always going to be connected to, to Baltimore. Like this is my, my, my beginning. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this is my, my place. And I always want to come back here and, and do stuff. I just feel like, you know, I feel like I want to be, you know, you want, you don't want, you want to be in a pond that is of other fish, right? So when I say that, I mean like, Los, to me, Los Angeles, first of all, I want some warm weather. <laughs> I've been cold all my life. <laughs> I want some sun. But also, I just feel like to me, it's a different environment. It's a different, it's a, like when, every time I go to LA or Vegas, it's like, 
I've had people come up to me, hey, how you doing? They have a conversation. To me, it's just a different feeling that I want to experience. That's mainly the part of it. It's just that different exploration. But also it's because it's um, you're around other people who are doing music, who are doing acting. So yes, it's, I understand that it's like super competitive. But to me, I like being around other people that have that kind of similar talent you get what i mean like they 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 sing there's to me there's like shows to sign up for there's there's so many different opportunities to get involved with and i had a friend who was actually born in baltimore and they literally just packed their car moved to la didn't know where they was going to stay where they were going to go they and like their passion was they they love nickelodeon like love it it was like one day i'm gonna be a nickelodeon i'm gonna be like here you know and everybody laughed at them and now they literally work for nickelodeon like then they're not you know where they want to be yet but they got their foot in the door and they've had they've right. red carpet, all types of stuff. So it's just like opportunity. One of the things, one of the things that I, I and I'm, I'm all for finding yourself um, and, right. and, and exploring and being adventurous and taking a leap. But I, I always tell people who are kind of on the fence or mm-hmm. uh, even if they've already gone, I've had a lot of people who went and came back or went and they're still there. But the idea right. is, no matter where you go, you mm-hmm. are an artist. No matter right. where, what environment you're in, you are an artist. Uh, right. And the same energy that we put into giving to other places, making yep. sure our home is, is, is growing, because all the resources that we reach uh, from mm-hmm. our home space then goes with us. Right. And we don't plant those things. So I'm a big stickler for making sure you replant some of those seeds that you uh, from your environment that kind of mm-hmm. you. And also give the same energy no matter where you are. People exactly. somewhere else to do mm-hmm. those things. And and proximity is important because there's no Nickelodeon here in Baltimore <laughs> or whatever city you may be from, but you definitely make the best mm-hmm. of your opportunities and be just as bold, be just as adventurous because going to LA, you go ahead to scrap. Because yeah. if you go from a place where there's a lot of people doing mm-hmm. what you're doing exactly. in Baltimore, but there are a lot of people a lot, yeah. doing in L.A. So yeah. it, it, the game becomes harder. And it's not to discourage anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah, definitely. But I just work with uh, a lot of artists who feel like if I move, then I'm going to get the energy. And then I'm gonna oh, yeah, that's a different, home. yeah. Because if you didn't have it here, you're yeah. not going to have it there. <laughs> Exactly. And see, my thing is more opportunity based, you know, and like, for instance, here, if I want to work with like a find a good mixer, master, it's everything's usually online based. I'm searching for like, I, you know, there's we got tools and resources like soundbattle.com where like you're trying to find um, you can find higher producers, mixers, masters. So it basically, it's like that where if I'm there. I know there's a lot of different access to different studios, like where people who are making like tops. They, of course, you got to pay them top dollars. But at the same time, it's just like, I know my resources are here, 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 here. You know what I mean? Like, if you want to be, if you want to be something, if you want to, if your love is for a specific area, you know, then, you know, go where you know that you can get all, learn all those different skills, have that network, have those opportunities to be a better version of you. You know, you don't go to LA because you want to be famous. You know, you go to LA because you want to grow. You want to know what's out there. You want to explore other artists that are there and learn from them. What what are their stories? Where do they come from? You know? Mm -hmm. So to me, it's all of a a growth process and an opportunity process to build a better version of you. 
not to be, oh, I'm going there to get discovered, you know? Right. Because if right. that's your if that's your reason for going, don't go. But if it's right. in your heart to go to better yourself as an artist, you know, then follow that. But like you said, just always make sure you know the reason on intent on why you're doing something, why you're moving, you know? Like you said, if you're not, if your intent is I'm gonna go there and everything's gonna pop off, like that that didn't happen here. So you know it's not gonna, you know what I mean? So it's just never uh, gonna be enough preparation, it's never gonna be enough money to save you because it's gonna go. All yep. that preparation is gonna be like, well, what do I if you didn't make a plan, you can prepare yeah. all you want to, but if you didn't plan for that preparation, it's not gonna be any good. If you you know exactly you save money, but if you didn't really create a strategy for how you will right. spend that money, uh, it's gonna be gone soon. Yep. You know, if you yep. move, I know plenty of people move to LA with no car. Up oh, there, there's your money right there. Yeah, That's your money about to go to. <laughs> so it, it really, it, you know, just learning how to be prepared. And as an artist, for me, I was one of those student artists where I didn't really transfer or transition that well from being a student to being a professional full-time artist. So mm-hmm. I was always with groups and always waiting for individuals to give me work or I I didn't really so creating a strategy that based off of what you want and I know it's kind of hard when you are when you're young because you don't have Mm -hmm. a lot developed uh, but you have that work ethic you have that energy so now the things that I did in my early 20s going Mm -hmm. into my late 30s I'm not about (laughs) to do that I'm not I don't even have the energy for Mm -hmm. it or the concern to do it. Uh, But I just know now I have to plan a different way and I have to prepare a different way. Mm -hmm. And I just have to look at things from different perspectives. Um, In terms of your career, um, Mm -hmm. one thing that I noticed that I don't see Mm -hmm. on many social media is them doing what they say they do. Right. And that normally confuses me because if you're an artist, I don't want to see a bunch of photoshops, uh, photo shoots. I want to see you doing what you say yeah. you can do. You know, many of us don't feel like we have to prove ourselves, but uh, that's somebody's money that, yeah. that you are living off of or you want to potentially mm-hmm. live off of. That's why when a lot of I see a lot of older artists, mm-hmm. you know, complain about the people. Well, those people afforded you to be able to have an attitude where you don't right. feel like it anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, have to, you have to give you have to persist, consistently as an artist as an entrepreneur give because nobody has to support you exactly you must know what that feels like so nobody has mm-hmm. to support you so exactly. you know do what you do and do it the best mm-hmm. what, whatever you learn I know you, you spoke about one incident what are mm-hmm. some other big life lessons that you've learned about the business or just even the artistry side of what you did I think it's the main thing that I learned is to be strategic. And, you know, a lot of artists, you know, I'm still at the growing stage too, but a lot of artists would be like, you know, why is it, why is my people not take me seriously? You know? And it's like, you can have talent, but it's all about strategy. Like, don't just drop a song. Hey, my song's got go download it. Be strategic about it. You know, if, if you know you want to, if you have a song that's complete, wait two weeks, but like, this is the day that launches keep doing promo for it. Y'all build hype for it, you know? So it's like everything you do has to be part of a strategy, right? And a lot of times as an artist, you create a song that you really like, you're like, I need to release this right now. 
And it's just like, that's the excitement that's going to hinder you, you know? And then strategy also is, is thinking mindset of making it a business, right? So a lot of times, like me, I'll put so much money into like, just, but I'm like, I'm gonna go get the song, mix and master. And then like, I have someone that I work closely with and they're like, they're like, um, they're like, and what's the return on investment from this that you spent all this money at? And I don't think like that. I'm excited because I'm in the mindset of my talent and I'm like, I'm so excited to share this. This means a lot to me. But then it's like, if you want to be an artist, you ha- you can't think from that perspective. Like you have to think well, from your... Well, you know what? That's the perspective of a nine to five employee. Yeah. It hasn't understood their value. Right. You know, because your value is much greater than mm. I spend a thousand, I make a thousand. I need to get right. this money back. No, you're yeah. that's an investment. And, right. and, and as a nine to five employee used to be myself, I can no right. like you said, you can no longer think that way because often right. you're not going to get back what you put into something. You, your exactly. hope is to multiply that. So this, yes. this little investment needs mm-hmm. to become a return, which is not a problem to think that way. But right. you have to understand the process. You're not mm-hmm. one of the things that I, a lot of business owners that I spoke to, artists too that started a business throughout this pandemic is you're not going to make a profit in the first week. So you get all these people to come oh, yeah. up outside your business and buy your album that first week. And mm. then what? What have you prepared to keep that consistently going? Exactly. Yeah, that's What's a good one. What's the marketing that you're coming up with? What's the mm-hmm. plan? What's the, you know, and that's one of the things that I saw on your page. I just saw mm-hmm. you doing, even mm-hmm. from your space, you know, uh, you know, from right. home or wherever you were, mm-hmm. just doing what you say you do, right. and watching, letting people uh, watch you, allowing people to watch you grow in your skills, in your abilities, in right. your the dreaming. This, you know, and the only thing I would say to you is talk to mm-hmm. people more. Talk to yeah. those people more, even right. if it's a little thirty seconds. Yeah. We got technical difficulties. Uh, there we go. <laughs> people still don't understand that I've been doing a show for over seven years. So it's, it's cool. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. Uh, but what are, what are some of the the challenges that you have right now as an artist that you want to kind of improve on or you would need help with? As ironic as it sounds, I went to school for marketing. Marketing. I think it's really hard. It's really tough, and it is a job of its own. You know, and one thing I'm like people have to understand is people are like, in order to, you have to make yourself visible. You know what I mean? Like things aren't just going to come to you. You know, like if you want to build your social media, you have to search in your town. So you have to search everywhere and network with people. And like you said, that's one thing that I have to work on is, you know, break coming out of my comfort zone and doing connecting with people more, doing lives, right. you know, things like that to you be know, more you know connected. And, and, and we all, you know, when you go to college, you take marketing classes, and especially if you major in marketing, the one right. thing they don't tell you is marketing at its simplest form mm-hmm. is just telling your story. Yeah. And That's finding true. a way to connect with people and telling yeah. your story because that will then connect with what you're, the content that you're creating. Right. So the story, if, if you know, you experience domestic violence, 
telling your story from an authentic place and right. not from a hurtful place, not from mm-hmm. a, a exaggerated space, but yeah. marketing and branding in and of itself is just simply mm-hmm. creatively telling your story. And sometimes you have to start with physically telling your story. You know, right. that's, you know, that's the thing with artists now. They're just creating stuff based off what they think is popular and they're not connected with that story. Yeah. That's why some of the people with the most or the, the best, what seems to be careers, look mm-hmm. at how they have told their stories. The that's true. The little Nas X's, you know, mm-hmm. look how they told their story. Mm-hmm. And not just in their music, but look at their social media presence. They right. are real and raw, and people connect with that, however toxic or... <laughs> people connect yeah. because they understand being in a struggle. I'm a stripper trying to be, or right. I'm trying to come out the closet. And then mm-hmm. people could, that's a real story versus right. I'm selling all this dope. Or I'm, I'm doing all these XYZs. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's real life too, but if it don't feel real coming from your mouth, chances are it's not. Right. So create, being an artist that creates from a real space. And then some I artists like will run out of material because they ain't really did much, or they are afraid to be that raw and real. That's but true. Look at the people who have the best following. They've mm. figured out a way to have their privacy, but still share with people. That's true. That is so true. Like you said, it creates that relatability too. People can relate to something. You know, it's it's a difference between people and people buying something you sell and then people investing in you. Right. Because investment is a lifetime where people can buy something transactional. I guess that's what I'm going to say. A transactional relationship versus a relationship of value, you know? And like you said, you do something transactional, you're going to get transactional. You're going to get yeah. transactional time, you know? Just if, what you put yeah. into it or less. Yes. People have made marketing such a science, so manipulative, and it doesn't not, it doesn't have to be. Yeah. Right. You know, there are basic rules in marketing and branding and advertising. Like mm-hmm. you should have your things at least nine different places. So by the time they somebody gets to the fourth one, they're ready to buy. Those are basic things that right. you know marketing and branding and advertising tells us. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, if the story doesn't sound real, if it's not relatable, <laughs> why why do you think they put hip hop in everything? Right. Or, you know, uh, a, a lot of things that are from a specific culture because those mm-hmm. things are coming from a real place. Exactly. Think back to a moment when they first heard that song or first heard that, that mm-hmm. thing or understand the content that's, that's being, you know, talked about. People right. relate to it. But we marketing is not a, a brain surgery. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> it's simply learning how to tell your story and make it interesting. That's it. And sometimes it's just doing this. Face-to-face, telling your story. You know, just without all the extras, without all the... (laughs) But just being able to tell your story from an honest place. Yeah, I like that. Mm -hmm. That's very motivational. So that gets me on that 
<laughs> that wave. So ultimately, what, what would your story be if we were just, you know, talking about that? What would your story be, mm. you know, if, if I asked you right now, what, what is Brett Sears' story? Um, to be honest, I feel like, and as cliche as it sounds, it's like coming from nothing and still and still using the coming like coming from nothing to build a career but then also having a good heart to um kind of you know make just because you have a tough life doesn't mean you have to um have a tough future you know what i mean so what i would say to you is dig deeper than that because on the surface that's what it would appear to be right but all of that nothingness there were moments of joy in that there Absolutely. was moments of happiness. There was conflict. There was things that you, if you dig a little bit deeper, maybe go mm-hmm. back and ask mom a couple questions. You'll learn some things right. uh, from a different perspective. But our story is not as surface right. as it appears to be. Right. In, in marketing, you have to you have to be very specific. You cannot right. be have a general storyline. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You have to be, dig a little bit deeper, and it, it, instead of trying to get all of this, go mm-hmm. to this one little space and dig deep in that, because then that becomes an album, that becomes a song. True. Versus us trying to tackle all of our, because mm-hmm. looking at it from the big picture, mm-hmm. I came from nothing, man. It was a struggle. Right. Okay, so tell me more about this struggle. What made it difficult? When you start asking yourself those questions to dig a little bit deeper, you'll realize, man, like I had I had everything I needed around me. Right. They didn't know, I didn't know. Mm-hmm. But but now it becomes your story. Right. You know, that struggle was a struggle wide. You know, you always had a partner next to you. So what was that relationship? What was what set you aside? We, you know, I have twin nieces, so I know their relationship is very weird, and nobody gets it but them. <laughs> you know, but what tapping into that story makes you much more layered and much more. Um, it makes you more complicated. It makes right. you know your story more complicated, but it makes you more of a well-rounded person versus you. Right having this persona of having it all together and you know on the inside they're a bunch of jagged edges just waiting to cut you deep. Right. So that becomes a part of your story and conveying mm-hmm. that to people in a very you know way. or if you mm-hmm. want to be you know real specific and real literal you can do that but just look at you know some of the artists that I know who are Great storytellers, not mm-hmm. you know, right. they can take a concept and be very specific about what they're doing. I've been right. listening to the, actually the Nas and Lauren Hill uh, newest mm-hmm. single out, and the rapping isn't so spectacular. It's right. actually very ABC, but the word choices, the the. the mm-hmm. story they decided to infuse in the melody. It tells right. you more about where they are right now versus mm-hmm. everything else. Right. So, you know, marketing is very complicated because you're doing mm-hmm. it by yourself. 
Right. But it, it can be very simple in terms of as strategic as you are, deciding mm -hmm. what parts of your story you feel comfortable showing and right. show that. Right. You know, it, it's very easy now to do that in a real isolated space where I'm, is this mm -hmm. a camera in front of me and I'm talking to a camera, no right. matter who's listening. So exactly. I, I think you have a lot, and, and me looking through it, and I, I normally choose people who I wouldn't mind working with or who, who have it, it's like I just I saw it, you know, even from I think you was doing like TikTok videos a minute back. Yeah. I just uh, you were showing like your environment. You were showing mm -hmm. that environment. Uh right. and, and it's really um interesting um that we're doing that. So let's take a quick commercial break. Okay. Uh, we'll, we'll be right back here on the Artist Exchange Radio Show only on beexposedradio.com with the great Brett Cedars. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right yeah. back. <laughs> Hold on one second. Mute your mic for me, yep. Brett. I got you. You know, he might could have said nincompoop. We ain't no nincompoop. Open it. We're going to play for you our first tune. It's called... Let's start what we have come into the room to do. Right on. Here goes. down those who trespass against him with no mercy. Welcome back to the Artist Exchange Radio Show. It's me, your host, Nate. And we're coming to the end. Uh, time flies, I guess, when you're having a great conversation with someone. Uh, and uh, I wanted to say, first of all, thank you, uh, Brett, for uh, joining us. Uh, and we have one last question for you. Um, mm -hmm. What advice would you give to your 17-year-old self? And what question would you ask to your 100-year-old self? Don't drink that. It's like, um, I, <laughs> no. That's a good... I, I never heard that second part. It was pretty good. Um, 
to my younger self would be B. Specifically to your 17-year-old self. 17-year-old self. Is Where were you at that point? I would say be confident and focus. Don't try so hard to focus on designing your every designing your your life because mm-hmm. life life is a flow you know and mm-hmm. In, instead focus on what it is you love and study that let that be your craft and be confident be confident 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 it's always going to be other competition it's always going to be you know a lot out there to scare you but that's a part about being human and you know life is a crazy journey and mm. when you when you go away tomorrow and you and you and you look back when you're 100 you know if you make it to 100 when you get to that point and look back you don't want to have any regrets because when you leave this world 10 years later nobody is going to say um you know i can't believe they fell on that stage or i can't believe they did this you know it's like once you're gone this this stage this stage in the world you're on to another stage and this is it's gone you know so it's just like no matter what how you feel in life just be confident and follow what it is you truly love to do um and focus on that no matter what people say about you no matter how insecure you may get no matter you know how weak you feel at times just remember to be confident because the only person you should compare yourself to is yourself and Tomorrow, look back and don't say, how am I compared to Michael Jackson? Say, how am I compared to the person that I was yesterday? And mm-hmm. that's what's going to take you far. It's focusing on your own journey and not someone else's journey. So that's what I would just tell my 17-year-old self. Let loose, be confident, and just go on the journey that you're supposed to go on. And your 100-year-old self, what question would you ask? What would I ask them? Mm-hmm. Oh, yikes. Um, geez. Um, I guess to my hundred year old self, I would say, I guess, what are your regrets? I guess I'd, I'd be curious to know what my regrets would be because I'm in the mindset now where it's like, I don't want to have regrets. You know, I want to, right now I'm living in now, I'm living for me, no matter what that entails. But I want to ask myself, what did I regret? And if it's something that I can change now, I want to change that now so that in the future, I don't ever have to say that, you know? Well, I, I give these to my guests uh, mm-hmm. and I, I started doing it with my students because those two answers mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. will let you know where you are right now. Right. And the fact that you followed that up with saying, I don't want any regrets right now, connect that with the question you just asked to your wonder yourself. So. Right. And over time, it may, it should, it might, it might not. Those questions right. may not change, uh, right. but use them as a meditation prompt or a writing prompt uh, to just see, just do like a little temperature check. Mm-hmm. Where am I at right now mentally? Right. But uh, I thank you for coming on. Yeah, of uh, course. And I appreciate you coming on. And we're going to talk more. But okay. this has been the Artist Exchange Radio Show only on BeExposedRadio.com. Shout out to everyone who continues to support. Please like, share, and subscribe. And go follow Brett uh, Sears on social mm-hmm. media, Facebook, and Instagram. His links are on our page, and we'll definitely continue to help him and share his workout. So thank you again. Uh, always come back. And 
We're out. The Artist Exchange Radio Show, real artists, real talk, real live, only on BeExposedRadio.com. Thank you, sir. I really appreciate you. Um, Yeah, of course. And maybe... Thank you.